just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekoda, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you until the top of the hour. Joining us this Sunday morning, Lee Harris, who's legal counsel over at Limestone Title and Escrow. And she's out early this morning. You can reach her on her cell at 649-7964. Good to see you from the car, Lee. Good morning. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Also, Randy Rocky with Swan Financial. You can he does a great job with closings and getting people approved for loans and getting them to the closing table. And you can reach Randy and his crew anytime uh, over at uh, 645-0736. That's 645-0736. Thank you, Randy, for being here. My son, Greg. Good does morning, our, Bob. Good morning. My son, Greg, does our marketing, photography, and so much more yep. is with us. And you can reach me anytime on my cell phone at 376-5483. That's my direct number. We are constantly looking for homes to list and sell, and we have a buyer agent that will help you find a home. Among the stories we're following, Grandy, did you see this? Uh, aspiring homeowners may soon find it easier to get a mortgage as rent payments are about to be part of the approval process. What's the story on that? Yeah, so what, what they're doing is they're going to put that as part of the approval process. You have to make sure we have to verify as a mortgage company that they made those on time. Uh, and if they do that, then uh, the uh, approval for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will take that into play and be part of the approval process now, which is a positive thing. We're, we're glad to see that. It's the report I read that uh, the change comes as fewer than 5% of renters currently have their payments included on their credit report. So this comes as a big deal, helping them boost their credit rating? Uh, I, I don't know if it'll be so much a booster credit It'll just be picked up and uh, the automated process will say, hey, they're making their payments on time the last, I believe it's going to be a 12-month process or a six-month process. And as long as they do that, then that'll be a factor in them saying, okay, we're going to approve these people because they're obviously responsible enough to make their rental payment on time. Good. Well, that's a good, good news for anybody who's renting and who wants to try building credit. That will help indeed. We are operating in a COVID world right now, folks. And what that means is we're doing our meetings of these shows on Zoom, and then we upload them to YouTube. And you can see a replay of these shows by going to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's a redirect to our YouTube channel, LouisvilleAnswers.com. And by way of that, if you have a question, instead of normally as you would call us and get it on the air, because we're working with limited uh, tech on uh, this on the COVID shows, we ask you send me an email, bob at com, and then put in the subject line radio question and then put the question in the body of the email. And that's what we have loaded, ready to ask our experts this morning. And the first one goes to Randy. This is from Robert, who emailed this question. What is the minimum credit rating? that Robert needs to get a loan for a new home? And also, how much money does he need in his bank account to purchase that new home, Randy? So uh, the minimum credit rating is 580, and he needs 3.5% down in that scenario because you'll be FHA. Um, so that, that, that's what it would be, an FHA loan, 3.5% down, 580 credit score. We've talked in the past about FHA, and Lee, from a legal aspect, we try not to discriminate back and forth, but... FHA does have a, um, a negative connotation to some sellers when they see that. In the past, they wanted um, an FHA appraiser is also charged with an inspection as of 2012. 
which makes it more difficult to get a home passed. Have, have things changed, lightened up, Randy? Or Lee, do you know? I think that the negative connotation of FHA is is kind of a, a, a misplaced because an FHA loan is just as good as any other loan. And in fact, a lot of people get them. And, uh, you know, a seller shouldn't feel weary because of that. It used to be different. And, and uh, you know, 15 years ago, uh, we didn't even do FHA loans then because it, uh, it was very difficult. Uh, we thought, we thought. Now, once we got into these, uh, Lee hit the nail on the head and still some of that negative connotation and really shouldn't be. Well, also, it's the timing too, right? It's, it's you're trying to clear that message in a market that is more competitive than ever. So anything mm-hmm. with any negative connotation, whether it's in a, in a, an actual appraisal to guarantee that the home is worth mm-hmm. its value, that could throw you off. So forget about any, you know, that's that's what it's really in a harsh time where it's trying to turn its, its MO around. But it's, it's that's really a true. Point. We, we, if you have, and, and I'll, I'll say this as good as if you have a good agent, they should be able to craft a good enough offer to make that FHA issue a non-issue. By the way, if you want to see uh, what people are talking about, talking about good agents, uh, when they talk about our Sekolar team, go to LouisvilleZillow.com or you can head to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. And we also have LouisvilleBuyersTalk.com if you want to see what people are saying or talking about in video. Next question. This is for you, Lee. Uh, Mandy is writing in in an email. She says, I visited a home in South Louisville two weeks ago and put an offer in which was accepted. I'm closing next week. That's fast. Good for her. And I went back for a walkthrough yesterday, and she apparently was shocked to find out that the home is in the path of jets landing at the airport, Louisville International Airport. Nothing was uh-huh. disclosed about being in the path of jets. Is there anything she can do to get out of the closing? So there's no requirement for disclosing jets. No, uh, it's, it's called a condition. Ba- basically, what a seller has to disclose is any defects on their actual property, which would be the roof leaks, the basement leaks, uh, HVAC doesn't work, but the conditions on other properties or conditions surrounding that property uh, are not something that a seller has to disclose. And actually, the onus is on the buyer, you know, to go around the neighborhood or to to scope out the area and to see, you know, if they like the area. And naturally, any any homes that are in the path of the airport would be something that the buyer would want to perhaps go there and and sit out there or something in their car or or stand out there and see if they like it. You know, it could be near a train track. It could be near a gas station, whatever it might be. Uh, One time we had somebody who complained because the neighbors had a chicken coop, you know, Uh, but, but the seller can't control what's happening on all these other, you know, uh, properties. And, and naturally the airport, unfortunately, Mandy is pretty well known. And so it's something that, that wasn't hidden by any means. And so I don't think there's going to be any ability to, you know, get out of that contract based upon that. I think you bring up a good point about doing some due diligence. If you like a home, you can put an offer in. Don't waive any of the contingencies like a home inspection. That'll give you 10 days or so to do some more research, which means go out there, as you say, and maybe just walk the neighborhood. And the thing with an airport, though, and I think this scares some buyers in in this, is that, you know, the flight directions change based on wind. So they may be landing them from another direction. Now, all of a sudden, when she goes out for the walkthrough, they're landing them in the direction that takes them over her home. That in itself could create a problem, but there's really no way around it unless you know if you're near an airport, what the path of those planes are going to be, right? 
Right. And a lot of people, you know, they do it for a lot of different reasons. A lot of buyers will go out at 10 o'clock at night, let's say, and see if they, you know, if there's a bunch of people running around making noise or if there's a lot of, you know, if they feel like it's an unsafe neighborhood or lots of different things that you can find out just by either going over there at different times of the day or walk in the neighborhood, like Bob said, you know, just to kind of get yourself uh, educated about the neighborhood you're moving into. And I mean, I think pretty much, you know, in Louisville, you're going to have a lot of different uh, things like airplanes and trains and and different uh things that might cause noise yeah i I, you are right on target there trains can be a real hassle as well as you're waiting to get uh, i'll never forget yeah so you could go to google and look to see what you know if there's a train track by you i lived out in crestwood pretty uh, from what i thought a decent way away from the train tracks yeah and believe you me anybody who lives out in crestwood or alton county they know that uh that early morning whistle that thing is that, that train can be loud and obnoxious but you get used to it. Honestly, I lived in New York yeah. City, too, by a subway line. You just it just becomes background noise and you get used to it. Yeah, so, I grew up in Anchorage and and uh, and <laughs> people would come to my house for a sleepover and they'd say, oh, my gosh, that train. And I'm like, what train? Yeah, you're <laughs> like, I don't even notice it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Greg and I list a lot of property and I will tell you the problems that we see. The, the airport uh, can be one, Mandy, but the other problems that we see if you buy a highway or train tracks or water tower mm-hmm. um, and it can go as much as if the neighbor next door parks his or her car on the lawn, all that can be a problem. And, and let's face it, they may not be home when you see the house and um, and they may be there when at night it, it may be worth a visit. I would tell you, look for, you could go as far on this as to look for tire tracks on lawns next to the homes that you're, going to potentially buy. So the well, and this is why, you know, we will tell people, depending on your situation, if you're uh, new to the Louisville area, drive just before you start making offers on homes, yeah. know the locations that you're going, look at the neighborhoods, get with an agent who knows the neighborhoods as well. Obviously they can't steer you one way or another, but they can certainly help you understand the lay of the land. Yep. Let's move on. Randy, this next question is for you. Uh, Joe wrote in, in saying in this email, one of the banks in town, is offering a construction loan that converts to an adjustable rate mortgage after the home is built. Mm. And, and Joe's wow. saying he's a little concerned about the adjustable rate part of this mm-hmm. and how high interest rates could possibly go. Let's face it, they're hovering in the low threes right now. But he's wondering any other options that would involve a construction loan. What would you suggest? Yes, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. There's a Major competitor of mine, it's a bank that 80% of their loans are adjustable rate mortgages. Mm. And in my opinion, the reason they do that is so they can refinance them in three to five years. Uh, And and they usually only run about three-eighths of a point uh, cheaper than what my fixed rate, 30-year rate mortgage is. And it's very sad. Uh, And I really sincerely mean that. Uh, I probably sold two adjustable rates in in 21 years, I've been in business. And the reason I've done that is, is people told me, hey, I want to be definitely out of here in a year and a half. Yeah. But anyways, with that being said, what he can do is he can take that uh, construction loan and come to someone like myself that will put him in a fixed rate mortgage, 30-year fixed. And again, I, to me, it's an amazing insurance policy if you're paying, you know, three-eighths of a point's difference, but, and you don't wake up five years from now and your mortgage literally went from you know, let's say 3.1% APR to 5.1, and it could go as high as 9.1. All adjustable rate mortgages that I know of can go up as much as six points uh, total. Over so the life. Uh, it can get yeah. very scary. Yeah, and and, um, and just FYI, 
the, the most people move three, five, seven years. That's pretty much the average. Right. And I you agree. can you can make a case if you think you're going to be in the home only three years. So maybe you look at the arm, the adjustable rate mortgage. But for the difference, just for the security of not getting slammed down the road, it would make sense to go with a fixed and pay a couple of little percentage points more and have that security in case you decide to stay in the home. You never know what could happen. Well, and that's the thing, Bob, is we all know a lot of times you think you're going to be somewhere three years. It's just like you said, and you're there for six. Yeah. You're there for seven. So, you know, three eighths of a point. Yes, it is money, but it's not. It's not large money, but six points is a big number. And if rates have gone way up, then what do you do at that point? Yes, by the way, and, and this is a good point to bring out to everybody that, uh, you know, historically rates are still very low. So I, I, if you have not refinanced and you're not planning to mm-hmm. move and you've got a rate four, five, six or more, please, you still have time to contact people like Randy. I'll give you his number in a second mm-hmm. and see if it's worthwhile for you to refinance because it ultimately it will help you in terms of uh, saving more money, keeping that money in your own pocket. We will take a break. When we come back, a variety of things in planned uh, for you, including 10 money mistakes to avoid when you move. Yes, 10, which I think is important. Here with us uh, till the top of the hour, we have got Lee Harris, legal counsel, limestone title and escrow. You can reach Lee at 649-7964. Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial. He's ready to take your phone calls, 6450736. My son Greg, who does our marketing photography uh, and is getting well known for it, believe me, uh, and also has new equipment that he's loved playing with. Uh, and you can reach me, Bob Sekolar, anytime, 376 5483. We are back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. This is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632. 2277. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations, and as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. 
Bob, what's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Sekoler. Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you until the top of the hour. Continuing with us, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, does a great job, 6450736. Lee Harris, legal counsel, limestone title and escrow, who is a phenomenal attorney, does a lot of extra work for a lot of people, including a lot of us agents. And you can reach Lee at 6497964. My son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more is here. And you can reach me because we're constantly looking to help uh, you sell your home or if you're going to buy a home. We've got 10 agents ready to help. You can reach me on my phone anytime, 376-5483. And my thanks to Barbara Cochran, who does so much on Shark Tank. And as a great lady, we appreciate her friendship and uh, mentorship. And you can see Barbara on Shark Tank. It's not every week, but she's on on a regular basis. So you're thinking of moving. Here's some mistakes that you may want to avoid. Because, let's face it, it's nerve-wracking, and uh, this could happen quickly. The importance of planning ahead. So once you accept an offer on your house or you put an offer in a house, you could have as little as 30 days or less to clear everything out. So it's time to start thinking. You want to immediately call moving companies if you're going to use movers and ask for quotes. I would get at least three quotes from different movers and see who gives you the best deal. When you contact the moving company to get a quote, you may be asked to estimate the weight of your belongings or how much the space they're going to take up in the truck. If you underestimate, you could end up paying a steep overage fee. It's best to have a company send a rep to your home, just FYI. You know, I moved furniture a couple of years or so ago, and uh, I got uh, added insurance. Smartest thing, they did some damage, and moving companies are required to offer a minimum amount of insurance on items damaged during the move, but it can be less than 60 cents a pound For instance, if a big screen TV you just purchased is dropped and broken, you might collect as little as 20 bucks, depending on its weight. So to be safe, purchase third-party insurance that will cover actual replacement value of damaged items. If you're packing valuables with other possessions, don't do it. Don't shove great Aunt Ruby's diamond earrings into a box with a bunch of coats or books. You you want to take your valuables separately and don't pack them in in a box. Don't pack too much because most moving companies charge based on the weight of your belongings, and you'll save money if you move some of the heavier things yourself, if you can, obviously. If you require additional services, you could get socked with overage fees if the moving company has to carry your possessions up a flight of stairs at your new home, or if they can't park nearby and have to use a shuttle to transport your belongings to their truck. So check with the moving company ahead of time and let them know what the house you're moving to looks like so they can give you an accurate accounting of what you're going to owe. If you're moving a computer, folks, take it from me. You back up that computer. Make sure you can back it up and keep it separately from the computer. So if something happens as it's being moved, it's hot in the moving truck, something happens to it and shaking, you got to back up. Don't wait to schedule moving day. And moving companies are very much aware of the changes from week to week or day to day because of a delay. So set the date you think you're going to close based on what your agent 
tells you, and then you can always call them and tell them, look, we've had to change, something's delayed, or we want to try to speed it up and see what they can do. And then picking the cheapest moving company, folks, may not be the smartest move because the cheapest ones may actually end up costing you more money in delays, damage, and the like. Uh, Also, finally, make sure you check your inventory sheet when they leave the house. So right before they leave, they're going to give you a sheet to check off that everything's been moved. Make sure all the boxes are there because you could find later, which would be too late, that the box that you thought things were in never showed up. And then also one more thing. uh, Don't forget to cancel your utilities. We had a closing a couple weeks ago where the other side didn't cancel their or didn't uh, sign up for their utilities and our sellers went an extra mile by uh, letting their utility stay on an extra day so that the buyers didn't have a cancellation fee or having to get somebody back out there again. So good for them. And those are some suggestions. All right, let's move back to the questions. These are coming in via email. And Lee, this one's for you. Dick has a problem and wrote to us about it. He's buying a home with a pool. And he presumed the inspector uh, that the agent had recommended inspected the pool as well. As it turns out, the inspector did not. And now it's too late to get a pool company to inspect the pool because they've gone past the inspection deadline. And Dick is asking, what are his options at this point? Oh, well, if the inspection deadline has been passed, unless the seller gives him an extension uh, to get the pool repaired, he cannot do that because there's a phrase in that inspection that says time is of the essence, meaning Mm -hmm. that you only have the number of days that you put there and no additional days. Uh, Of course, the seller is required to disclose anything in their seller disclosure form. And if they know of any defects in the pool, then they should have disclosed those on that form. So he would be advised of them if they do not. And he moves in or whatnot and finds out that there is some defect with the pool that wasn't disclosed. He certainly could have some damages there from the sellers. But right now, as far as inspections, if his time is over, it's over for all inspections. So let me bring something up here that I think is very important, not only for people who are buying homes with pools, but maybe uh, there could be a list of this. and I'm just going to bring one the, some that come to mind. Inspection of pools, inspection of septic tanks, inspection of external generators that are on. These are things that inspectors don't normally inspect. And in many cases, they'll have you sign a form that says you understand they're not responsible for inspecting these items. So, no, you may have just signed something rather quickly, Dick, and you didn't realize it. But, Lee, let me ask you, if he has goes he's past the inspection deadline but he still has a pool company come out if he can get somebody on short notice come out and they find a problem that wasn't disclosed can he then make an issue of it legally because the seller could have known about this particular problem whatever it might be and again i'm using pools but it could be a septic issue or it could be a generator issue or something else that an inspector doesn't necessarily sure at that point you have to have a nexus you have to show that the seller knew of the defect and did not disclose it or should have known of the defect and didn't disclose it and if he can show that let's say for example if you're talking about septic systems those are the ones that uh because there's a finite number of septic companies yeah right and a lot of times the person who is called out there has already been called out there by the seller and they'll say oh yeah yeah i was here you know two months ago and I told him that, you know, he should do X, Y, Z and the seller doesn't disclose that. Well, that's pretty good proof that there's a nexus between the failure to disclose and the issue. And in that case, yes, the the buyer would have rights there to say, uh, you need to fix this. You didn't disclose it. Um, 
and and also you know delay closing if they don't if they don't get it fixed before closing so because at that point yeah no no i was gonna say that so with a pool it would make sense for the buyer to maybe visit the house just to say i'm looking to measure rooms or something and walk over to where the pool pump is because many times the pool companies will leave their little stickers on there for service so they'll know who it was and you can make that call and say hey have you serviced this and is there a problem right yeah that's yeah good point good idea all right um greg when you recently bought your home with casey the one you're in mm-hmm. i know you met with randy so what was that like he and you don't have to give details but you, you basically well, I mean, it was well, an interview you know, there's a backstory first off this is my second home with randy and the reason yeah, i yeah. went with him a second time is because well, obviously the first time went so great um and Randy helped me, uh, full disclosure. Actually, no, it was, I think it might have been our third home with Randy. Uh, but he helped me get my credit in line, you know, 10, 12 years ago when I yeah. was first on this process. And everything with Randy has been great. He's responsive. He's personable. The process is easy to understand. He's got assistance that when he's not there, they step in and it's, they don't miss a beat. I mean, we and, and, and as real estate agents, we have lots of people that we know and that we could trust and go through. Randy was my guy. I'm a loyal guy. And it's yeah. just, you know. So the reason I ask this is because, Randy, uh, uh, Bill and his wife are about to buy their first home, and they were, weren't quite sure how much money they can borrow. Uh, the combination, according to Bill, mm-hmm. combined income, $135,000 between he and his wife. And he says, we have very little credit card debt, and they're trying to figure out how much of a home that they have, can afford. Where I was going with asking Greg on this was that you had basically a consultation with Greg, looked at basic key elements of Greg's and Casey's life mm-hmm. to determine what they could afford. What are those key elements that um, that Bill and his Sorry, wife- you weren't looking for a Randy Rocky plug, I just assumed. No, no, it wasn't a Randy, it wasn't, no. <laughs> hey, listen, he doesn't get enough uh, pat on the back from all of us, so it, it was worth uh, well. First of all, I need all the help I can get, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, thank you, Greg. But anyways, with, with, with that being said, their debt to income ratio is usually, so how much debt they make, com- uh, they have compared to how much income, usually you can conservatively say 40%, uh, and they would have to come with a minimum 5% down. So in that scenario, they, they make about $10,000 gross a month. So uh, uh, we can use at least forty thousand, four thousand a month, and uh, so they're looking at about about a, as long as they can put five percent down, they're looking at about a five hundred fifty thousand dollar approval. Oh, that's not bad. As long as they don't have a lot of in, a, a debt, it's it's that is correct. It's when you don't remember you have debt that creates the problem. I would suspect for loan officers when they're putting it together. That well, and 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 that'll show up on the credit report. So when that happens, then obviously we, we just tear down whatever that number is by how much debt compared to income they have. All right. Final question. This is for Lee. Fran wrote us an email. She heard us talk a couple of weeks ago about disclosing whether a crime or murder was disclosed in a home before you buy it. She's looking for a house right now. She's not so concerned about a crime in the house, but she would like to know if something like that in the past uh, could be disclosed by asking her agent to ask the seller's agent and could it hurt the value of the home down the road? So I'll take the last part of that, but so what are the guidelines Lee for asking um, your agent to ask another seller's agent about a murder, uh, 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 suicide, whatever it might have been in a house. All right. I lost you. Oh. I lost you. Are you there? 
I'm here. No, I got here. You. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, yes, that is exactly what she needs to do. A buyer who wants to know something like that, which is not a defect. It's it's called a stigmatized property. It's not considered a defect because it's not something physical with the property. If a buyer wants to know any kind of information like that, they have to ask that question of the seller or the seller's agent, and they are obligated to tell the truth. So if that seller knows, yes, there was a murder here 10 years ago, or they know, yes, there was a major crime here, or there was a, a haunting here, whatever it is that's a stigma, mm -hmm. uh, they have to disclose that honestly. And um, but if the buyer doesn't ask, they're not necessarily going to be spoon fed that information. They, yep. The seller might say, well, they didn't ask, so they didn't care, you know. And of course, you know, you might as well go ahead and tell them because the neighbors are going to tell them. anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and that was my point. You should talk to the neighbors about this. And could it hurt the value? I would tell you, yes, it could. A uh, number of years ago, I've talked about this. One of my clients, buyers, put an offer in on a house, found out later from a neighbor that there had been uh, a murder in the house. And the clients pulled out and that could be a real problem in terms of trying to resell. So just understand there is a, this is a real thing, not something being made up that you all, we all should be aware of whenever you buy a house to do some due diligence on that. All right. We're out of time. My thanks to Lee Harris, legal counsel, limestone title and escrow. They do a great Thank job you. over there and Lee does a great job. Her direct cell phone is 649 then also, we've got Randy Rocky at Swan Financial, who also, as you've heard Greg attest to, uh, does a great job. 645-0736 is his direct number. You, My son Greg does our photography, marketing, and just has raised the level of his game up another level. It's phenomenal, so good for him. And you can reach me, Bob Sekolder, anytime, day or night, on my cell phone, 376-5483. We are out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.